Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Nobody likes a good underdog story more than me, your host, Fred Van Vliet. Welcome to Bet On Yourself, a podcast about diverse entrepreneurs overcoming obstacles on their way to building businesses designed not just to survive, but to thrive in today's rapidly changing world. With me, as always, is my co-host and my business advisor, D. Folk, a.k.a. Derek Folk, COO of Folk Williams Financial Management. Welcome, D. Good morning. How you feeling? I'm great. Excited, man. How about you? Man, glad that you're here. Our guest today goes by the name of Boyd Reed. So hop in. Boyd Reed is taking us for a ride. No, really. Where no ride was, Boyd is building an ecosystem focused on improving the worker lifestyle by providing a marketplace of innovative solutions to the daily issues impacting the workforce. Hop in app moves people, not just towards their destination, but towards a healthier, more productive and fulfilling life. It does this through ambition, exemplary leadership, and innovation. Welcome to the show, Boyd. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank How you, you feeling? I feel great. I feel All great. Right, good, good. good. You excited? Yes, yes. All right. Energy's on. on I think we're finding our, our energy here, D. Yes, Let's so. do it. So um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, Boyd, and um, your background, and then also how you got started into Hop In. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, I was born and raised in Ajax, Ontario here, uh, just east of Toronto. And uh, I grew up uh, playing soccer was a you know, big, big thing for me. Um, and then I ended up going to the States uh, for four years at James Madison University on a D1 uh, scholarship. And then from there, came back home and then jumped into the business world, worked a little bit in sales and wholesale distribution uh, for a company, uh, you know, selling toys and novelty items. So I was pretty much just like a big kid. Um, selling toys <laughs> around. And then, uh, you know, uh, my co-founder, and I, Eric, he's actually, you know, a friend of mine since high school. Uh, we jumped into business uh, and it kind of started with a, a 3 a.m. call with a spark of an idea uh, to take on a challenge. And that's kind of where Hop In was born. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about Hop In and, and the services you provide and, um, you know, the conception of the of the company. How did how did you actually start and what is it that you provide? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, where it started was uh, Eric and I, you know, we both lived, you know, um, internationally, right? And something that we really realized is that uh, no matter where you go, transportation and commuting is always an issue no matter where you go. Um, so, you know, that 3 a.m. call came from Eric. He called me. He came up with this idea of, like, you know, trying to take on this challenge. You know, if it's happening everywhere, then that means it must be a solution um, that needs to be put in place. Uh, and we took on that challenge in 2018. We uh, we were both working and we did this part time. And, you know, we worked in the day and then worked on this the night with sticky notes all over the wall and trying to figure out how we go about building this. And what we kind of came to a conclusion of after some while and some research and some market reaching and validation 
was that it's beyond just a transportation problem. Um, it's, it's rooted in economic development. And globally, what is uh, common is that uh, commercial growth outpaces economic and transit uh, ability to keep keep up with it. Um, so what we decided to, decided to do was design, you know, a logistics software that looks at mobilizing different transportation options to help the employee get to work. Because there's tons of transportation options out there, uh, but it's not being mobilized to be able to support this community in terms of employees that is definitely are in need of this service to be able to get to and from work. Awesome. So let's just get the elephant out the room. What is what is Hopin offer? that we can't get through the other rideshare apps that we already have. Tell us the benefits to your company, and um, we don't have to say the other one's names. You can if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what? what's the incentive, and what do you guys bring to the table since you are joining that type of, uh, you know, realm of business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we work directly with uh, companies on this and addressing a need. And, you know, like I mentioned, there is tons of transportation options out there. Uh, so we're not necessarily trying to be another rideshare, another bus company, another um, charter bus company. What we realize is the gap that's missing is logistics, is coordinating it, right? Um, a lot of transportation companies can get you from A to B, right? But the challenge is, and this is what happens with companies, is they don't know where the A to B is, mm. right? When they have employees that are having issues getting into work, Right. Um, They don't really know how to solve it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they have recruiting issues because they can only hire from, you know, a local area and they can't get access to these other areas, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't know where the A to B is. Right. So that's where we come in is that logistics is understanding not only the A to B, but there's maybe A, B, C, D, E that we need to coordinate um, with through logistics to be able to um, get these people into work and easily and get access, especially for the communities to, you know, underserved communities and marginalized communities that have access to their own personal vehicle, right? These are the people who need the service the most. Um, right. So making sure that our companies have access to these um, employees and vice versa so that, you know, employ- employers can hire, they can recruit and retain more employees, and the employees and the, the people themselves have access to more job opportunities. Awesome. So, yeah, talk to us a little bit more about some of the details. Um, you know, obviously some of these uh, may seem, you know, um, stale to you, right, because you're so immersed in your company, but you're also speaking to an audience that may have never heard of what you guys offer. So would you consider yourself more a consumer product that the everyday worker uses, or are you guys trying to appeal to the businesses like, hey, this is in your best interest to go through our service, we can connect the dots for you, and we'll get people to and from? Yeah, definitely the latter. We the latter. definitely go towards the, the employers and the businesses there. And what our appeal is that, you know, uh, for them, they're able to retain more talent because that barrier of, of transportation commuting is now, you know, um, taken uh, taken care of. Um, and from a recruiting aspect, which is huge, especially now because of the current labor market, right, they need to be able to find incentives to help people get to work, right? Um, and, you know, an hour and a half commute to be able to get into work every single day is something that people don't want to do anymore. Um, so having a shuttle service that's able to connect, you know, directly from where these employees are coming from directly to work to be able to cut off, you know, uh, 20 minutes here, half an hour here, you know, that's where the lifestyle comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Some of our ridership, uh, we have feedback from them. And, you know, the extra 30 minutes a day is something they could eat breakfast. They can spend a little bit more time with kids. They can go uh, work out, right? And that's where the lifestyle a- aspect happens. So although it's very much tailored towards the, the business itself, mm-hmm. um, be able to, again, retain and recruit uh, more people, um, you know, the end benefit of the end user is the, uh, the, the employee, employees. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so so I've heard you say shuttle a few times. Break it down to us and what that looks like. So we know what you bring to the table. Um, if D has a, a company, 
which he does, and he needs to get his employees to them. Mm-hmm. How do your how does your company go about acquiring the shuttle services and different things like that? So, what's some of the partnerships that that you guys have have acquired, you know, to connect those dots? Mm-hmm. So, what we do is when we look at market analysis, we get one of the market analysis pieces is looking at what transportation is uh, is involved there, right? So, some areas you know don't have access to a ride share, right, or may not have access to different types of charter um, and private transportation fleets. So, what we have to do is a proper market analysis and see how we can support that way, right? And once we have a good grasp of understanding what um, private, um, you know, transportation services are out there. We kind of uh, bring them into our, our network and our marketplace to be able to service these these companies. And you know, the benefit for them is that you know, like charter bus companies, they they normally specialize in like special events, so like weddings or you know, tourist trips to like Niagara Falls or something like that, right? And that's very inconsistent business because it's kind of one off. Uh, what we're bringing to them is very consistent business, right? Five days a week, we know that these employees need to get into work, so it's very consistent business and it's going on continuously. So. Our relationship with the transportation providers are very, very good. Um, and when it comes from the company standpoint, when we're working with companies, we provide what we call a needs assessment. And that needs assessment is what we go into and survey the employees and understand directly what the commuting challenges are. And we take that information, process that through our logistics software, and to, to very simplify what it does, it just really identifies where the, the gaps are for their employees commuting. And that's how we use our shuttle services to kind of fill those gaps. So we're not here to become, you know, transit. We're not here to like knock anybody out of place. All we're here is just to fill the gaps um, because there's a very noticeable gap, especially when you get outside metropolitan cores. Hmm. I'm curious to know, how do you make that efficient? Like I'm thinking like, say you have, uh, you want to bring employees in who are maybe 50 or a hundred miles away or think you guys use kilometers mm-hmm. how do you make that efficient if there's one employee in a neighborhood how do you create that efficiency is what i'm curious to know mm-hmm. so what we do is we leverage things what's called uh, key point locations uh, so key point locations are areas in communities that are very accessible um, by public transit so these are like uh, these are like uh, metro station, bus stops, uh, malls, uh, churches, these areas that normally are pretty accessible to um, the, the average person, right, if you don't have your own personal vehicle. And we do pickups from there, okay. right? So instead of dropping and, you know, pick up everybody at the front of their house, we do pickups up at, you know, local metro stations um, and then bring them into work, right? Because if you have some of these manufacturers, they're located, you know, outside the reach of these public transit. So, you know, being able to shave off some time, you know, getting to a metro station and then getting picked up from there, you, you know, again, saves that. That, you know, 20, 30 minutes in terms of a trip. So it could also probably benefit um, people who work in areas where there's limited parking or parking is is, is expensive, right? Exactly. Okay. And, and and that's one of our in, environmental initiatives as well, right, is we want to also be able to reduce the amount of uh, people that are driving into work in general, right? Um, and we, the way you do that is by providing options, right? In Toronto, you don't necessarily need a car. You can, there's so many options to, to be able to get around, Right. But when you go outside, you know, where I'm from, Ajax, you know, not having a car is almost like, you know, you pretty much stand at stay at home unless someone else can drive you around. So, mm-hmm. uh, if, you know, if we're able to provide more options from a transportation side, uh, there's less need for a car. So the parking lots are, are not as full. And then from an environmental standpoint as well, we're able to cut down, you know, commuting carbon emissions. And that's also a big part of our, our business as well. It sounds like you've tapped into something I've read about, which is, you know, as we move more and more in electronic cars, um, car companies are shifting from saying they're car companies to people movers, mm-hmm. you know, which is a new form of transportation. Is, is that fair to say? Have you heard that term before? Yes, definitely. Um, and I think a lot of the uh, car companies are understanding as well. 
um, especially those that are going into the autonomous vehicle stage as well. Um, so one of the issues um, that currently right now is that if everybody gets an autonomous vehicle, it's great, right, in terms of, you know, being able to move people around. But if everybody has it, then you just have a bunch of empty cars driving around and congestion is now there, right? So one of the big pieces in terms of before we get to the autonomous vehicles is uh, behavioral change, right? So we need to, people to understand that communal ride sharing and, and carpooling is, is something that is, needs to be done. Right. And the only reason that people, you know, the main reason why people have their own personal vehicles is convenience. Right. But if you have enough transit and transportation options out there for people, and this is one of the reasons why we want to be able to, you know, get a lot of wheels on the road and be able to help people is by reducing the amount of single occupancy vehicles. When we get to that stage and so the future of electric cars, and autonomous vehicles, then people are more um, uh, used to in terms of sharing and they're not they don't need to drive in by themselves. Mm. So let's talk more about your business, right? Let's mm. let's talk to our listeners, right? Tell us what the next level looks like and what do you need to get to the next level? What's the next level for Hop In and what's needed? Yeah, for sure. And what we've done right now is we have a good presence in Ontario. We have great relationships uh, in, the, in the province of Ontario, um, outside of the greater Toronto area. Um, but what we're looking at right now is, you know, expanding uh, globally. Uh, the next stage is obviously our neighbors to the south, um, into the states. Um, so expansion into the States is going to be a, a big thing for us. One of our strategies right now is working with some of our multinational companies, you know, that we're working with here to hopefully get, you know, um, avenues into their uh, facilities in the States. Uh, we're part of um, programs right now to get our um, software into uh, Mexico, Spain, the Netherlands as well. Um, but right now what we're looking to do, because the uh, U.S. is a huge market, obviously, and the most familiar uh, to a Canadian market, that's one we're looking at expanding to right now. Um, another thing that we're looking at that would bring us to the next level is uh, strategic um, partners and strategic investors. Um, so from the investor side, what we're looking at is people that have um, experience in the mobility space. Um, we're also looking for people who have experience in uh, machine learning and AI, because what we want to do in terms of the next level of this company is use the data that we're using from transportation to feed into uh, machine learning to give birth to AI that's able to help inform urban development for these these communities that are growing and being able to build roads more um, efficiently and um, more future proof. Uh, and so we don't see the congestion that we see, you know, here in Toronto. Yeah. So I mean, I, that's uh, uh, listen. I, we got experience with it. Derek lives in LA. I've been in Toronto for six years. So I want, I'm interested to hear more on your thoughts on like why, if we know that the current structure um, doesn't work, why do we keep building more on top of things that already don't work? I think it's uh, you know it's one of those situations where you continuously do put band aids on the same cut, um, and the cut just keeps getting deeper, and you have to keep on putting more band aids and band aids. Um, and it's tough because, you know, Toronto itself is already so developed, so it's not like you can add more roads, it's not like you can add more highways. You know, until we see flying cars, it's probably, the streets are going to be continuously be filled, right? So, you know, um, that's why we look at, you know, these growing communities. So when we look at the greater Toronto area, you see, you know, in metropolitan areas as well, um, you know, uh, when you're able to future-proof those areas that are in the process of growing, then what happens is people start to move slowly outside the city, which we're already seeing because of COVID, right? They start to move out into these areas and the the, the population now disperses. So when we start seeing the less congestion because there's less people in the city, that's when you can start to be more um, 
more uh, effective in terms of change. But I think it's one of those situations where you've built so much at this point now that it's just like you, you're kind of stuck with it. Um, but, you know, the way you improve it is by growing the communities around you so that people disperse. So now you're not everybody's not centralized in one space. So you're able to spread out the population. I think I can help you find a customer. Okay. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. I live in Los Angeles. Um, we have probably one of the busiest airports in the world, and our airport is under construction. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to um, – they're changing the airport like never before, right? All the construction workers park at the airport where mm-hmm. uh, travelers park. Mm-hmm. So there's no parking. Mm-hmm. And every time I go in this airport, I think to myself – why didn't the director of this project get a service like yours and say, everybody park over here, we'll have the shuttle pick you up, you use the app, and when there's 10 of you guys there, the shuttle will pick you up. Mm-hmm. That's a customer for you right now. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great idea. And, that's a, and you know, the, the coordinating through the logistics is so difficult for some people, right? Because it's, it's, there's so many moving pieces um, that some people almost feel like it's a little bit overwhelming, the people that take on the project. But I completely agree with you, right? You know, it could be something as simple as having a satellite parking for the employees, right? Because one of the things, you know, you want those spots for the customers because they're the ones paying for it and you make money on, on the parking, right? So you almost want that. But at the same time, you know, you know the, the construction workers and the employees need to get in. So it's something as simple as creating a shuttle uh, satellite parking but have a, a very efficient shuttle service that can be, again, once you have X amount of people at a spot that, that are operated and you can track it through an application that we you know we're developing and stuff like that as well, that you're definitely on the ball there. So if you have any introductions, I would love, <laughs> I would love I'm to have a fun. Find a number yeah. because every time, like the, every time yeah, I LAX park, is, I have LAX to. Is, is, is like it's ridiculous, and there's millions of people dealing with this problem it right now. Every millions, day. yes, every day, it's, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I can see, I can see the benefit. I guess I, I get it. So, so talk to us a little bit about some of the obstacles that you've seen along. Well, before we go there, I'm curious to know you're building an app, or you've built an app. There's a lot of coding in that. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about building an app and the cost that goes into that, and how are you guys doing that? Yeah, so, you know, we have our, our CTO right now who um, is he was in charge of that. Um, the the process of going into building the application it, itself, you know, there has their, their challenges and stuff like that. But what we've done in terms of our business model is we've really been very lean when it comes to the technology aspect of it. Because um, one thing that was warned by one of our advisors is that you don't want to build up a bunch of technology and then nobody wants it. Right, so we've been very um, brick and mortar and very lean in terms of the technology we have now. So we have an operational tool that handles a lot of the logistics and coordinating of our of our people. But what we're doing right now is building out those mobile applications for the the drivers on their side, and then also the employees, and then also a corporate dashboard for the employers. Uh, so right now we've been very uh, we're building it out, but it's being informed by our current ridership and our current customers and current clients. So we're slowly getting like a piece at a time. So tracking portion, you know, a ticketing portion for safety and security. Right, um, a tracking portion that we we released during uh, COVID, so that you know com- employees and employers could feel comfortable about the people coming into to the work for safety standpoint. Right, so for us, we've taken the approach of you know kind of a slow and steady approach. Uh, to make sure that we're building the proper stuff, uh, because the worst thing is spending you know hundreds of thousands of dollars on an application that you know we just missed the ball on. So we're as the as we grow as a company and as we get more clients and more feedback, we're slowly into uh, adding to it. But you know that's part of the investment side of it, right? Is that we also need some money to be able to accelerate some of those pieces. Uh, but because you know we're we're a, we're a startup and we're bootstrapping it a bit right now, um, we're being very smart about how we're using those resources. 
And and right now, could you share with us? I mean, how how many how many people are using it? How many companies are using it? How many people do you guys have signed up at this stage? Mm -hmm. um, so the we're, in terms of people that sign up on our platform, uh, we have uh, I think we just passed the like the six six fifty mark. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, we've done over 10,000 rides, um, about 70,000 uh, 70, 70, um, kilometers in terms of, of trips as well. Um, and these are ranging from people from uh, manufacturing, education, um, some people in the media field as well. We've also done some help in uh, the healthcare space, especially early in COVID, to help get frontline workers to work as well. Um, but mostly our like our ICP or like our ideal customer, our, our manufacturers. So in the food processing, play, uh, food, uh, food processing, automotive, um, logistics, and warehousing, and stuff like that as well. Okay, so talk to us in terms of getting to that six fifty mark. What's the obstacles been? What have you guys seen as some of the challenges that you faced thus far? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we started the company in, in 2018 and we um, started, you know, kind of catching steam at the, you know, uh, summer 2019 going into the fall. And then obviously COVID came right and just like kind of kind of wiped it out because, you know, people weren't moving anymore. Right. So we had to take a step back. Um, and one of the challenges for us right now is that um, businesses have spent so much money, um, you know, just dealing and recovering from COVID. Um, so, you know, starting new programs themselves, uh, it takes a little bit longer because you don't have the disposable income to, you know, start up a you know, shuttle service because it's not cheap, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to pay for the, the driver, the shuttle, and all those kind of things. That we try to get the best prices that we can for our clients, uh, but it's by no means a cheap cheap service. So that's definitely one of the the, the, the barriers there is that we have longer sales cycles because of, of COVID. Um, you know, as a startup, you know, you want to be able to grow and you want to be able to accelerate, but because of COVID, you also have to be very mindful that that's the case. Um, so that's been definitely been a, a challenge for us. So what we've been really focusing on right now is our current clientele growing that, uh, making very solid, and then also using those clientels to either like the multinationals to get um, different areas as well and build through there or get introductions to their neighbors because as well, you know, what we want to do is create a community. There's no point having three buses going to the same area when that what, that could be solved by maybe a bus, right? So we're also getting introduced to different neighbors in the area as well. But definitely COVID has been able to slow down and elongated our, our sales cycle for sure. Okay, nice. What's, what's been something that's caught you off guard, like in the business world and not, not obviously we spoke about COVID. I know that caught everybody off guard, but um, maybe, you know, some steps that you weren't thinking about or something that caught you guys off guard that wasn't in the business plan. Um, because, you know, as you get more experience, um, you start to learn that we all have plans until, you know, we don't, right? And, right. and things come up and um, we got to pivot. Derek talks a lot about pivoting. You know, often, and I don't know if he uses that because I play basketball or what, but it, it, it's a great term to use. So tell us about something that caught you completely off guard and you had to pivot. Yeah, um, I think as a, as a startup, I think you're pivoting almost almost every month. It feels like, uh, you know, great things are happening and then something, you know, and then it's like it's a lot of it's like a roller coaster, There's a lot of great highs, but also some some lows as well. And, you know, um, you know, COVID is obviously the most obvious one, but I think. Right now, what we're also seeing, but this is more actually in more of a positive sense that we pivoted to take advantage of an opportunity, is um, you know the the employment and the labor situation right now in, in Canada. I think it's also happening um, elsewhere as well. Is that you know there's tons of demand for labor right now, especially when you look at you know um, you know the the 
the low skill and the manufacturing type of work. Um, but people are unwilling to to work at this time, you know, um, for safety reasons and other reasons as well. You know, there's also a huge uh, retirement um, a wave that's currently happening right now. So one thing that's that's caused by surprise and it's actually been very beneficial for us is that people and businesses are trying to find innovative ways of of of, of recruiting because what's really shifted and what COVID has really shown is that there has to be an attention to to employees. You can't just be, you know, the big boss and like be happy with I'm giving you a paycheck. Um, employees want more and they expect more now, right? So they don't want to have the commute very, very long. They're going to look for other options because they have the options now, right? Everybody's looking for, everybody's looking to hire. Um, so that um, shift has happened faster than we thought it was going to. Um, you know, COVID has been described as an accelerant. So it has happened at a faster rate and it's actually improved our, our business where people have now realized that the commute and transportation is definitely something that has to be addressed um so we're getting a lot more inbound um than we thought we were going to at this at this stage so you know it's it's been a bit of a surprise but definitely on the positive end for us it's, it's all part of the journey man and and when i said surprises like you automatically think of something negative but it, there's great surprises mm-hmm. too a lot of people we've been talking to are always surprised that like people who take them serious or the first person to sign up for your app. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, we did it. We got one. You know, it's always that first person to say yes. So that's always a part of a a young entrepreneur story as well. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. You mentioned um, the pandemic. You referenced that. But also in the middle of the pandemic, there was this other thing called Black Lives Matter, the social movement that Mm -hmm. took hold of the world that Mm -hmm. everybody started paying attention to. So how have you seen that as an opportunity to – grow, expand your business, or has it? what has it meant to you and your business and you personally? Yeah, um, I think, you know, especially in the Black Lives Matter movement, um, people are getting a lot more voice now, uh, which is great. Um, you know, when I first started uh, the, the company with Eric, you know, one of the things was that we didn't have, like, the connections to as, as that we have today, right? It was all grounded. We had to go out there. We had to go to... We would go to like a networking event to meet one person um, because we knew that person was going to help push us forward, right? Because we didn't have these doors open for us, so we kind of had to pry it open for ourselves. Um, but what we're realizing now is that our platform is being um, put up a lot, right? So, you know, Hopin is getting a little bit more exposure um, because, you know, Eric is um, is Korean. I'm, myself, I'm black. I'm Jamaican. Um, so we, you know, following the, the people of color and our voices being put out there. Um, what's great about it as well, you know, this is kind of a, a separate from Hopin, but both Eric and I both le- both have, you know, very big passions on on community community leadership. Um, so he has he takes part in programs and mentorship to help young startups and young entrepreneurs be able to bring their business to the next level. And you know, that's something I like to do as well with like going to communities to to uh, encourage entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship not just for you know starting your own business. I think starting your own business needed. A certain type of person, um, but entrepreneurship doesn't need to mean that. Just means pursuing something that you're passionate about. In, in my in my books, um, so what the Black Lives Matter movement has really done is been given a platform for us. Um, that's you know some, share some exposure on to hop in, but even just for things that we're passionate about, in terms of supporting the community, uh, we've been able to be in positions that you know again doors would never open for us in those kind of situations. Um, yeah. and that's been great. That's that's dope, man. I yeah. think more than anything, um, I feel like. Well, me personally, I just feel like, the, you know, with the, we got to a point where you couldn't ignore it anymore. 
know what I mean? And and us as black people, we know how it feels and how it's felt, you know, from the moment that you're born, you know what it means. But I think it just, you know, we finally reached that boiling point where everybody just, you know, you can't ignore it anymore. So, like, there's no way to. Mm -hmm. So um, on the flip side of that is is we have to bring some people along that don't understand it. But on the other side of that is everybody who has been, and that's another thing I noticed is, like, you hear all of these stories, right, of you grow up and, and people that are in your family and they tell you how things are. Man, if I had a chance, I would, da, 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 da. and I used to march and, you know, if there was a protest, I would be frontline and then it happened. And now all those people who've been talking shit the whole time, <laughs> like now now you, it's, it put people on the spot. Right. It really did. I think what's inspiring to me is young people. I'm, 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 what, what I always notice is change comes through youth, right? And the youth of the world see the world differently than what everybody else sees the world. And so I think we're in for monumentous change, and we're already seeing it. Um, the thing that strikes me as I listen to you, right, um, every BIPOC um, business owner, entrepreneur, something that's common in people who sit in that seat is you talk about your business, but you talk about the community. You mm-hmm. talk about the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this guy here tries to pull as many people. He got big shoulders. People just think he played basketball. The dude is like his shoulders are strong because he got a mountain sitting on him. You mm-hmm. know, he, he lifts up a lot of people, including me. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because I think, you know, it's something interesting that doesn't always happen. I don't, you know, we're always so conscious about others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I'm trying to highlight because yeah. I keep hearing that in your voice. When you talked about Black Lives Matter, you talked about you and Eric being entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurialism to you meant not just building a successful company, but also bringing others along. Yeah, that's powerful, and and and, and I can't help but to think of it like if companies, the the people, because we're going to talk a little bit about money and capital that you need, but if if the lending institutions and the power hmm. structure understood that capitalism on this side of the room, because we, we say there's two sides of the room. There There's the side we're on, mm-hmm. and then there's the other side. Mm-hmm. If the f- capital flowed on that side of the room, we could solve a lot of issues in the world because those of us who got that capital are going to go fix those problems. We know how. Yep. yep. We care. Yep. Yep. That's powerful. That's what I kept hearing come out of you. And yes. I just want to highlight that no, that's to amazing. you and the listeners. No, I think that I think that's great, and I think just even the show is, is a great highlight of that. Right, is giving um, you know people of color a, a voice um, to be able to, sp- to spread out what they're doing in their business um, and be able to uh, you know share the, you know the problems that they're solving. I think that even though this is this is huge, right? It's uh, I think like you mentioned, you know, with, with Fred, you know, there's obviously things that are on a show that he's carrying, right? But just being able to take the time. Um, to be able to prov- provide a platform like this is, is huge. And that's one, you know, I think even just this just show idea in general, being able to go even deeper and diving in deeper and, and everything like that. It's, it's it's one thing to post about it and share, but like to provide a platform like that is is is, is massive because that hasn't been available to us at all. Right. That's what and, we do, man. Yeah. And I think I think we want to go beyond highlighting, that's you what know, because highlighting. It's been there since the beginning. People yeah. have been saying it, right? Yeah. We want to come up with solutions. We yeah. want to help you win and every person that sits in that seat and all the listeners. We want to help them win. And we want to we want to go talk to those those uh the the powers to be. Yeah. And we want to ask them, come over here and explain why there's two sides of the room. Mm-hmm. You're gonna win too, right? Because what I hear you saying is if you had to throw out a revenue number in your best of all worlds, what do you think you could generate a year? 
in terms of like the Being business? At, at, at the most successful part of your business, do you have a revenue projection in your mind as to what you think you would do? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the market right now, like, you know, what, we, what we're projecting right now uh, in terms of even just monthly recurring revenue at, by the end of this year is going to be, um, you know, in the ninety to hundred thousand um, dollar range here. So that you know, that's you know, surpassing a million um, in terms of annual revenue, um, you know, by the, by the end of this year and going into next year. Congratulations! Right? Um, yes. Yeah, and I think we can definitely accelerate that once we go into uh, more markets. I think you know, the market itself. Not that we're going to be a thirty-two billion dollar company in, in Why a year, not, though? but yeah. yeah, but at the same time, though, the market's there, right? And the the, the problem itself is so rooted um, in, in transportation and in everyday life that there's there's multiple ways that we can do it. So, the, you know, the, the market that we've identified is, is, is $32 billion. And where we have identified ourselves in the next few years is doing, you know, annual revenues in, the, in tens of millions. Let's do um, it. So you can hire a lot of people with that kind of revenue, huh? Exactly. And make a big difference in the world. Yeah, and one of, one of our investors put it perfectly, and I like to reiterate what she says, um, the bigger our company grows, the bigger, the more that we're able to help people. Mm. Our, our business is is designed specifically to help people. Mm. Um, you know, the employer benefits from it as well, right? They're able to hire, right? But that that, that directly benefits the community, mm. right? Um, so the bigger that we're able to get, the more people we're able to support, um, and then the bigger that we're able to provide a platform within the business and outside the business as well. So that's you know that that's a, a driving force for us um, uh, as well. Well, one of our, yeah, I was ahead, just going to say, one of our other business partners, Ed Barnett, I'm going to shout him out shout on out here. Shout out to Ed, man. You know, he, him and a number of uh, our dear friends and partners based out of the L.A. area, they do they they look at themselves as opposed to just entrepreneurs. They call it social capitalism. Hmm. And social capitalism just means that we can make money and still care about yes. the next person. Yes. So I think that's going to be the next movement, social capitalism. Be mm -hmm. on the lookout. I like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So let's do it, man. Let's run it up real quick, boy. So we're gonna do we're, what we want to do here is um, we want to just have a quick little uh, uh, meeting of the minds, right? We want to flush some of these ideas out. So um, you guys are are doing pretty well right now, but we're here to we're here to take you to that thirty two billion mark. Mm -hmm. like, like, tell us tell us what you need. Tell us what what you think um, you know is gonna get you there. We spoke about it a little bit earlier, but let's get detailed, even if it's numbers and and logistics and code that we don't understand. Let's flush it out because you know. Who who knows who's going to listen to this podcast? So yeah. um, I want you to, to tell us what you need, what you think, and then um, just a little background. You know, if we were being pitched by you on, you know, without this show here, this would be the first guy I call. So mm -hmm. he would tell me what he thinks about hop in from, from your, you know, let's just say we did a Zoom over COVID, right? You're yeah. pitching, we need investment, we need a um, capital. So first give us what you think you need, and then, you know, we'll turn to D for his uh, expertise. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one of the things I mentioned earlier is strategic investors. Um, you know, money coming from anywhere is nice, but we want um, strategic investors to be able to push us to the next level around mobility, uh, push us to the next level in the machine learning and AI space. And we also want like more social impact investors as well. Right. The social capital um, idea is fantastic because what we want to do is that, you know, Yes, we can bring we can uh, speak to the bottom line for companies, but we also want to put these social impacts and environmental impacts and be able to quantify that so that also speaks to the bottom line, right? So having investors in those three spaces um, would be huge because they'll be able to bring us to the next level. 
um, strategic partnerships as well. Um, well. A lot of people that we help, again, is people that are underserved and um, located outside of the uh, mass transit. So we know there's different employment agencies and deployment um, resources that work directly with them and that have a capital to be able to support them. Um, so strategic partnerships in, in that space as well to be able to help uh, those communities and get those people into work um, through, and be able to overcome any transportation needs they may have. And then the third part is um, entry into the states there. Um, again, you know, we don't necessarily have any direct ties into the states, and we do have we work with some multinationals that, in essence, could be our, our gateway into that. Um, but you know, knowing the business, and you know, uh, Derek, you already mentioned, you know, opportunities there. Um, any opportunities that you know um, uh, have any that could benefit from transportation better, better commuting, or just better access to the workplace. You know, any introductions into that would be you know huge for us as well there. So I, those are the three areas that I think you know would bring us to the next level from the investment side, from the partnership side, and then be able to expand um, our sales and business development efforts. Well, I'm sure there's some employers that are going to be listening to this that uh, probably could use your service. So what do you think, D? I love it. I love, I love it. Um, I always say to people, I think the first thing people invest in is people, right? And so they have to see somebody with vision. And you obviously have vision, so we compliment you on that. Um, and uh, you know your business. I mean, you, I, I always say to people, people love data. Mm -hmm. And for the listeners, you know, pay attention. You know, he he's selling his business, and so you know data. And then I like the other part that you said, you talked about um, s strategic investors, but you specifically talked about one, uh, a segment, mo people who are in the mobility space. So what you're saying is somebody who not only can bring money, but they also can bring knowledge yes. to the space. Yes. And I think that's important. Um, so I really like that. Um, I like it. I like everything you said. Talk to us about a number that you think you need. Um, so right now we're in the process. Take a moment and think. <laughs> don't, don't just answer. Think about that. Yeah. And just think. We're billionaires here. We're mm -hmm. going to play this little game. We're billionaires, and we're asking you, what do you need? We are billionaires. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So uh, for right now, um, you know, like I mentioned before, uh, especially because of the current landscape, you know, the sales cycles have elongated a little bit in terms of some of these things. And what we need to do is continue to be able to push through. So when it comes to investment and stuff like that right now, we're in the process of raising. But what we would look like, um, you know, in um, 
about eight months from now, eight to 12 months from now, we'll be looking at raising in the neighborhood of uh, five to seven million um, in terms of capital for our Series A round. Um, and then what we would look again from the strategic standpoint is uh, someone that would also carry us to the next level as well as for Series B. So when we look at, you know, uh, really developing and refining the technology, it's going to take a lot of, uh, you know, capital to be able to do that. And, and that's what I mentioned with the, you know, investors in the machine learning and um, AI space, because that's the space that we want to go into to bring this to like a true next level where we're really uh, impacting um, change on the ground level with the development of, of cities and towns. Um, but yeah, in the next, you know, in the next uh, eight to twelve months, you'll be looking to raise somewhere in that seven to to million, seven, five to seven million. Dollars. I'm interested in uh, the business model. I'm interested in the business model. How yep. does how do you make money? Are you are you charging subscriptions? Are you taking a fee from the companies who are using the service? Like how many steps? You know, uh, oftentimes in the business world, we talk about you know being vertically integrated. So just tell us a little bit more about the actual business model for yourself uh, without giving away all your secrets? Mm -hmm. So uh, because we're working as a bit of that connector between the, the company and the transportation providers there, um, there's the, the revenue that's generated from there. So we work with the transportation provider to get preferred pricing because we're not only bringing in one piece of business, we're bringing in our portfolio of business and potential business as well. Um, so we provide that connecting. And then there's also um, a subscription for the, the software itself um, because it's not, uh, here's a shuttle, know good luck with it we also do the managing we do optimization to see how we can improve it then what we also do as well is we get ingrained in the hiring process too so as a company um, hires new employees they sign up on our software so that we can consider them with designing the routes there mm. um, so there's the, the the portion of the of the shuttle uh, which actually is the the most expensive part of it and then there's the subscription part of it um, through the optimization route building and the managing of the of the employees through the uh, through the shuttle nice I like it. Love what do you it. think? No, I love it. I think um, you know it's 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 that perfect merger, right? We're talking about tech and we're talking about um, you know the expansion. I'm, I'm I'm excited for you because I'm hearing you think about the future and you're talking about redesigning cities and developing cities. And I think that that's the part that we don't have the vision to see. So um, I'm always excited when people have vision because not some people can only see their nose and, and what's in front of them. But to hear you think that far ahead, I think it's exciting. I think the, the opportunities are endless. And I think that's what's dope about the tech space is that you, you traditionally, what you told us here today, you know, 30 years ago, you probably would just be a shuttle company, right? And you would provide services to arrange and manage shuttle companies, right? But now here you are building this app and you have access to not only get the shuttle, but you can help Derek vet um, his hiring process. You have access to who he's hiring. You have data, mm -hmm. which you own. You have IP, which you own, which is a whole other thing that, that you know, we didn't talk about, which is uh, uh, you grow this thing big enough at some point um, the world is run on ads and sponsorship dollars and things like that. And so there's going to be big companies that would love to have access to where are these people coming from? And they work here. OK, what ads do I need to show in this area of the world? And, you know, those that's going to be some data that only you guys have access to. Mm -hmm. So I just want to commend you. I think it's a dope idea. Um, we want to encourage you to keep going, um, keep knocking down those barriers and those walls and um, 
32 billion that's the number that's 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 the only number i heard today mm-hmm. all the other all the other stuff don't matter so mm-hmm. um 32 billion yeah and i was just asked when you get to 32 billion come back and still sit in the chair <laughs> oh of course of <laughs> course you know we'll, 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 we'll and share more yeah, we'll get you a nicer chair next time but you know <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll tap we'll in at, at one billion we'll tap in there <laughs> and then we'll, we'll work our way to the 32 billion i like there. that i like there that so boy with hop in he was uh he was impressive he was impressive. He was sharp. Um, I'm not just saying that because uh, we share some family friends, um, which I learned. But uh, he was uh, he was impressive. I think that that this this software that he has is really uh, forward thinking and something that could really change the world. I think you, those those type of things don't come around that often. So he's on to something special here. He's got a, a really impressive business model. Um, and I'm curious to see how it translates to the U.S. You know, we spoke a lot about LAX, which I know that you have a, a strong passion about as being someone who lives in L.A. Yeah, and, you know, listen, you know, I think it was perfect timing because when I was flying to Toronto, I had to go through LAX and I couldn't find a parking space. And I think what he does is he solves a problem that we all face. You know, the more cars that are on the road in every major city in the world, you know, the less parking, um, you know, we, we're all looking for faster ways to do things. And I think what he provides and what the software provides, he solved a problem, right? Hop in solves a problem. And uh, we talked a lot about his expansion, not only in L.A., but in, you know, uh, into the United States. And one of the things that, you know, he wants to begin thinking about, and I would suggest to him, is using TurboTax. Using TurboTax will allow him to have an expert on both sides of the border. I mean, that's something we deal with, right, mm-hmm. is, you know, we have to we have to calculate your Canadian taxes. We have to calculate your U.S. taxes each and every year. And so as he looks to expand, you know, across the globe, he's got to begin to understand the tax ramifications of generating revenue inside those different jurisdictions and how to satisfy the CRA versus the IRS or mm-hmm. whichever other jurisdictions he, you know, may be doing business in. So I think TurboTax simplifies that for him where he doesn't have to think about it. TurboTax will actually do the calculations and and, and, and do that so he gets to save time on, you know, preparing his taxes. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. So I think, yeah, TurboTax can help him for sure because I think he's got, you know, from from his standpoint, I don't know how much business advice we can give him. You know, he had it, he had it pretty much figured out. But I think, like you said, sometimes there's certain things that we don't think about. And I think having a tool like TurboTax could just help him, you know, remain sharp and, and not have to worry about that aspect of, of what he's got going on. Yeah, you know, and just to tie back in, you know, it's interesting because I think about if he were in the U.S. um, or in Canada, for that matter, there's probably tax credits that he would benefit from, you know, setting his offices up in certain parts of the cities or countries. Um, There's there's all types of credits and things. So I think TurboTax will definitely help him calculate those. Absolutely. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. Um, We want to thank our guest today, uh, Boyd Reed co-founder and COO of Hopin, um, which is, uh, you know, a beautiful app, as, as we discussed, um, that's connecting people from all over the world, helping them get to and from, um, but also making a change while doing it. 
So we want to thank you, brother. Thanks for joining us. Um, we appreciate your time. We also want to thank our sponsor, Intuit, and our network partner, ACAST, for the Bet on Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Fred Van Vliet, with my guy, Derek Folk, signing up. Out. The ones who busting you with your actions, I can't forgive them. I remember all the ones who said fuck it, but now we living. Running up a hundred M's and I promise I won't forget it. Uh. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.